0: Welcome back to NGF News, everybody. Uh, this is our, el- our latest global developments episode. Um, just to, before we start, make sure to follow us on all of our social medias at ngf.news for Twitter and uh, TikTok, and then NGF underscore News for Instagram. So we've got three topics today that we're going to discuss that are fairly interesting. Uh, the first one is Russian fears of uh, U.S. expanded presence in the Asia-Pacific. The World Bank agrees to a seven billion dollar five year partnership with Egypt, and the vote of no confidence in Paris and a failing French government. Question mark.
1: <laughs> question mark. <laughs> um, so we're just going to go straight into the back. Um, with Russia's fears of a U.S. expanded presence uh, in the Asia Pacific. Um, so on March twenty second, Russia announced that some of its Bastion coastal defense missile systems were deployed in Paramushir. Uh, Paramushir is one of uh, is one of the Kuril Islands where Japan claims as that's their own territory. Um, Russia has stated that this, this is in response for the U.S. trying to contain Russia, particularly Russia and China, in the east.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Um, it was, the funny thing is, actually a month before this happens, the U.S. was boosting its military role within the Philippines. So, obviously, a clear, direct response. To the U.S. military is actively building nine facilities on separate islands This is also coming from security fears from Japan and South Korea, who have both made it known. First, for South Korea, that they don't feel safe with North Korea testing all these missiles on their border, and Japan does not feel safe with the increased um, presence of the Chinese military in the South China Sea. And then now, they have on Japan doesn't technically claim those islands, like the top. The northernmost islands. They, they, they claim the they were, southernmost.
1: They were, they're still of the contested, career. though, because yeah. of after World War Two, whatever end, that uh, treaty is,
0: they, yeah, they still won't sign to this day. That effectively hasn't ended a long, long war. Right. But and this has a lot of interesting security developments within this region. Um, people are really focused on the Ukraine war right now, and we tend to put aside the developments that are going on within the east um specifically asia because first off north korea is becoming increasingly more aggressive china is becoming increasingly more aggressive and on top of that the russians are becoming increasingly more aggressive on their east uh, aggressive on their eastern border so this is changing the whole security complex of the east and a lot of problems for the united states and allies
1: yeah well um that's definitely because russia now sees the importance of protecting their east side as well um you see China is expanding their their military presence there because they fear that, well, the U.S. is, like you said before, growing their military presence with the Philippines, uh, Japanese increasing their military budget and providing to Ukraine as well. So they fear that because of this increased military presence from uh, U.S. and Asian allies, that China might not be able to handle all this. And the Russians said, the Russians basically are saying, listen, we need to do something. So just in case... The Chinese aren't able to handle all this going on, which they are. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're doing fabulously right now, um, handling the pressure from the United States and its Asian allies. But they also need a more direct involvement. Just in, it's more like an insurance policy, is how I see, um, how I see this. Yeah, in my eyes, it's very
0: interesting because the Biden administration has lowered the military budget from about nine hundred billion dollars to seven hundred and eighty-three billion. So that's a big budget it's cut. Up, yeah. And mostly due to the fact that we've been pulling out of the Middle East because it's becoming a more secure region outside of Iran and Israel's conflicts and Syria and Yemen, um, which has been also been going on the better side as well recently. But this the Trump administration said that they were going to have a more Asian focused, um and specifically China focused foreign policy. And the Biden administration has been doing a lot of that especially when he took office then the ukraine war happened now it's been pushed to the back burner since february 24th when the invasion was not until it was march i think 15th that the u.s announced that they're actively building military bases which means they've been doing that for months in advance right. so now the policy started to shift backwards if you're the United States, Mark, here's a question for, for you. If you're the United States, do you get India involved? Do you get Australia involved? Do you get ASEAN involved in building up not just maybe not a military force, but a security alliance?
1: Absolutely. No, that's off. Uh, absolutely. Um, I, this is a strategic advantage. and I want to send a message to China to say, listen, you have all these Asian countries. That are lining up and saying. What you're doing in the South China Sea. Is completely ridiculous. And I have all this to show you. Now this could spark the Chinese saying. Well now you're building up a military presence. Russia help me out. So they're going to park more missiles. In uh, in the north of. Uh, where uh, those islands are. So I, I do believe that yes. This will send a strong message. to To the Chinese and to the Russians as well. So that's why I do believe. That we do need to. Um, Engage in this military partnership with India and Australia. It's the only way, in my opinion now, that we can show to China to quit it before it's too late. Yeah,
0: Uh, I definitely agree. Now, the biggest one thing for me is that Australia, I know, is going to be on board with this kind of region. Obviously, the UK will be jumping on I mean, board yeah, we as well.
1: Already have a AUKUS, so. Yeah,
0: so this, this won't be a big issue. And I don't think ASEAN will be an issue, considering the Philippines is the second largest country well, I believe it's the second or third largest country in the agreement. I don't think Indonesia or the rest of them will come on and say, like, oh no, we don't want the United States military presence. We're not going to support them or cooperate. I believe they will. The biggest issue is going to be getting India to cooperate because of the recent um, friendliness between China and, and India in, in yep. terms of economics. There's still a lot of, you know, obviously cultural and religious things that Some are border butting disputes heads too right. Yeah, border disputes, border stuff disputes like that. As well. But economically they're becoming friends. And G is trying to become an ally with India considering that also India relies a lot on Russia. Russian oil to
1: be specific. Right. I mean yeah, it's very interesting to see um what what the Indians are going to do these next couple of months, maybe years. Maybe they want to accept full Chinese support. Maybe yeah. they're like, okay, well, we don't believe in the U.S.'s uh, strong military presence. We don't believe that the United States is helping us economically. Um, China, we invite you uh, completely to uh, help us out in India, which I hope that doesn't happen because they're, India and the United States, what they do have is a lot of... Students that migrate back and forth between the United States and India, yep. which the youth could could say, like, listen, we we don't want China. We want to work with the United States. So the youth is also going to play a major part in whether or not the deciding factor of who does China partner with. Um, yeah. So yeah. I hope
0: so, um,
1: because in India, their
0: relationship of in this, um in the U.N. to the vote against the war in Ukraine was eye-opening I that think. was pretty amazing there are a lot of people yeah. because they we we really thought that india was not only an ally but like a close ally in the regions uh so hopefully they'll i'm not saying they have to provide military i just would like to hear uh like support against, of uh you know whatever we do so china's like okay you know there's a lot of people against us right now the next biggest thing for me I, I've, I've posted some uh Past episodes, especially when we did our topic of the week on you know how the United States needs to help with security, um, stability in the Eastern Asian region, Japan yeah, um, and South Korea, they really really need to get their you well know, French their shit together and start start so we're becoming friends yep. for the time being. They
1: don't have to solve all their issues, but they got to do something. Please watch that episode. Um, just so you know where we're talking about. Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I totally agree that they in order for this strategic alliance to work that the one of the biggest um what's the word i'm looking for not drawbacks it's uh setbacks yeah. one of the biggest setbacks is the south Korea and japan relationship mm-hmm. they're kind of like in a love-hate situation when the u.s is they're like oh okay uh nothing's happening here and then when the u.s is not there they're like i hate you <laughs> please leave um but yeah um just to add a little wrench uh into this talk uh <laughs> what what i'm thinking here is when i was reading up on this was this an attempt for russia to start possibly supporting china to put tensions in taiwan is this the start of something new in that region because what i'm thinking is what if russia is like okay how do we get the chinese to directly support us militarily what if we start some sort of initiative where we start creating tensions in that area to give the Chinese the upper hand in Taiwan to try to kind of serve as like a distraction. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm thinking. I think that could, this could be the start of something and that their Eastern Front is going to be more militarily active, yeah. in, in my opinion, maybe. It's still, a big if.
0: That's really that's a long shot. It
1: though. is a long shot. But I, I, I honestly don't think
0: so because, I mean, they met last week, last Monday, yep. Xi and Putin. And discussed, not even the war in Ukraine, they discussed how they feel they're being contained and surrounded by the United States. This is a big, big no-no of, first off, putting missiles on contested territory, or missile defense systems. And second off, putting them on Japanese, who are a very, very neutral country. They're just trying to piss some people off right now, and specifically the Japanese. And the Japanese, of course, is going to call us, and be like, "Hey, you know, what the heck? Like, yeah. why, why, why aren't we doing something about this?" And which is probably one of the reasons why we're putting military bases in the Philippines and around those islands to protect the South China Sea and protect Taiwan. Um, so maybe I, I actually would argue that it is a ploy to try and cause confusion and. You know, craziness, because South Korea already has to deal with North Korea. That's a crazy thing. The United States recognizes that. Japan, they don't really have many things to fear, except for China. And right. the United States and ASEAN are kind of like a buffer to them, because ASEAN keeps them economically, like, oh, we're going to be a force. If you screw with that to China, we'll screw with you back. Japan, same thing. We have the United States, we have Australia. India's already an issue for China, so they feel like they're safer than South Korea does, but right. now the missiles are there. That's I think that's almost like a point.
1: response. To like, oh, you visited uh, Ukraine. Now I'm going to park some missiles here. If yeah. You know I. I, it, the timing was just amazing. I just, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, well, this is what happens in response of you visiting uh, Ukraine. So, do um, you have anything else on this? Yeah.
0: I mean, I'll just say that um, for, for policymakers, the security, I, I get we're focused on Ukraine. Um and we should continue to have a majority focus on Ukraine, but it should not be a complete focus because first off, Ukraine's winning the war and it's not close. It's not going to be close unless the Chinese give them weapons. And to prevent that from happening, we have to respond to these security issues. And honestly, we need to try and remake friends with China. We need to go up to them and say, hey, like this war is not benefiting either of us. So we are—we know we've been at each other's throats, but we're the two biggest economies in the world. So we just really, really need to focus on trying to I de- escalate. I strongly agree with that. Yeah.
1: I, it, we are in a time where we just need to look at each other and say, listen, like I know, well, like what you said, we've been at each other's throats. You just need to calm down now. And we need to figure this out because this is not going to work. This is not going to work at all. So." No. Yeah, that's a fantastic point you made there yeah. at the end. Um, if you have nothing else on this, we could move to the World Bank one. Yeah, for sure. So this one I found quite interesting. I was just kind of just scrolling through and I found and I found this. Um, so the World Bank has agreed with Egypt to a seven billion dollar five year partnership. So it's it'll start sometime in 2023 and it'll end in 2027. Um, the goal of the seven billion dollars is to focus on boosting private sector jobs, uh, create better healthcare, uh, better education s- services, and funds for adapting to climate change. So this whole thing is called the Country Partnership Agreement. Yeah. Um, it's kind of essentially just a big loan from the World Bank. That is kind of like a bailout for Egypt. They were like, e- Egypt was kind of, was hurt from the, the econ- yeah the economic setbacks um, in twenty twenty two. So. This is kind of like half set uh, half a like a save me loan um and half like a strategic um loan for Egypt to develop. Yeah. So I think this is a fantastic idea to be honest with you. I wish the World Bank played a more direct role like this where they gave out a bunch of low interest loans with a promise on like return on investment but there's a little bit of concern on whether or not Egypt will um keep their promises. Mm-hmm yeah because they they promised that they're going to move from being a state owned from having state owned businesses to more privatization, but we haven't been seeing that yet so yes. what what are they going to do with this money? It's interesting because
0: on that note, they were going to sell their assets, but for some reason in march their their sales just got delayed um and so This was after the World Bank started to give them money to, or after they created the deal. So the fact that the assets are on hold, maybe just a World Bank thing trying to count up all the assets, making sure that when they sell it, make it privatized. Yeah, just just some you know accounting things. But I agree that although I love the plan, I don't like the amount. The amount
1: I believe is too much. I mean, I think it's probably a adjusting for inflation as well if they're trying to boost boost jobs and also fund initiatives for climate adapting to climate change i don't know what that exactly means and what what they're trying to do this language is pretty vague on what they mean by adapting to climate change there's a bunch of different ways oh yeah they could adapt to climate change like are you going to put this towards like what cleanup are you are going to put this towards investing in green projects like I wish they would tell us more, but so far this is what we have for language. Yeah, it's it's a pretty broad
0: language to say the least. Um and so this this is my this is my big issue with the seven billion specifically going straight to Egypt. First off, their economy last year, they're the second largest economy in Africa, four hundred and sixty-nine billion GDP, fairly large for their population they they have about a four thousand five hundred and four dollar per capita. Interesting. So it's it's a it's fairly high. When you look at the highest GDP in Nigeria, 504 billion, their per capita GDP is two thousand three hundred and twenty-six dollars. So a little difference in the discrepancy of wealth within a country. But I love the idea because first off, Africa is probably being hit the hardest because they have still not yet gotten the technology to and the development to harness their natural resources, so they're a lot, relying a lot, especially on Russian oil. Um, Egypt also, for climate change reasons, doesn't have enough water. They rely mostly oh, on yeah. sure. the Nile. So one of their biggest projects that they were focusing on is the desalinization plants. They're hoping by 2050 to have 8.8 million cubic meters uh, of yes. water to unsalinate uh, water, so yeah. that they can, you
1: know, gotcha. Make sure
0: the people. But don't even die. that, like
1: what? how much could that cost? It's going to cost a lot, but it's not 7 billion. I mean, I would hope that they're going to use the money to fund some green projects. Yeah, especially I hope so. for rural development That's yeah, all in Egypt. They need it. Going back onto the directly receiving 7 billion, it's going to be where they're going to get a billion per year um plus uh 2 billion over the span of 5 years from the International Finance Corporation. So they're not it's not just like a lump sum. They're going to get it little by little, which I do like because they can take their time with it and see what they're actually doing with the money every year. Mm-hmm. And they can strategize out, listen, you are not using your funds efficiently or you are using your funds efficiently, whatever. So they can use every year to add up the balance sheet, essentially. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I hope I hope it works out for them. Um, they, they really need this money. Like you said, they did rely on a r- lot of Russian oil. Um they could also look locally too and uh to their Middle Eastern partners as well for oils yeah that, that's, Which, what, I was, that's what I was thinking, what interesting of
0: too. their their relationship with Saudi Arabia is pretty really good um as of recent years um it's it used to be horrible with Turkey, but now they're back in discussions right on normalizing relations but I mean, for for here, here's my biggest problem with the seven billion. Because I, I get it, they're doing it over years, um, and I, I obviously it's good that they're doing that because Egypt is incredibly corrupt. Like oh, it is so yeah. corrupt after the Arab Spring, they are they just lost all of their abilities to govern in recent years, which is why probably why they're needing this help. They're probably in so much debt. Um, I would have rather instead of a seven billion. Going to just directly to Egypt. I would have rather them take, let's say, thirty billion dollars and give it to the African Union. Divide mm, it often over poorer nations and richer nations, because a country like Egypt doesn't need seven billion. Two billion? They can use that and with the sale of their private assets and companies wanting to already invest could turn that around. Same with Nigeria, same with South Africa, but smaller countries like Tunisia, um, Angola, they can really use like three or four billion dollars right now.
1: I mean, they've received the African unions received that type of money before. Yeah. And where does it go? Do, do you see anything major happening? That that's what I'm worried about when we give money to directly to the African Union is a for mismanagement. What I wanna see with that seven billion is incentivize people to engage in like public private partnerships. Mm-hmm. As Egypt continues to, de, to privatize to de Yeah, to privatize instead of stay own everything. Yeah. The more they receive in volume of money, so what I want from the seven billion is to go directly towards these businesses. So no red Something tape, bad, yeah. no nothing. You get a letter from the World Bank. You have received this much. Do X, Y, and Z in your business by this year. I I, I just think that would be more efficient than yes, just giving sure. the government seven billion. Because like you said, because then
0: they wouldn't have. They would be directly
1: subsidized yeah.
0: instead of going through. One subsidizing the government, and then a bunch of other
1: red tape and paperwork and whatnot to receive the funds. Points. Yeah, Yeah. and then that business could use it to essentially boost their job growth.
0: Yeah, and that would boost investment. I mean, if they if they see the World Bank giving them basically like, you know, this is going to succeed. Like they're they're giving them this money; it's basically going to help them succeed. At this point, especially with the sale of the privatized. a sale of government properties to privatize and government uh, industries to privatize. That would be very good for investors, not only to put their own money in it as well, especially in the energy sector within Egypt, um, that is severely lacking and they can definitely help. And one of the biggest things that this is a very good stepping stone for Africa in general. So the world bank, you make a good point that the African union, the money could just go anywhere, just be lost. I think it it should just go directly to those countries. However much they need to industrialize or whatever, I'm not saying they should be handing out seven billion to every the year. Just, yeah, you know, but but Egypt Egypt can you know let's say five years from now Egypt is like on the back track ever. They can start to do investments on themselves. In smaller countries, in the World Bank would be like, okay, I'm going to do this to Nigeria now. And then Nigeria could go on and help out. And then, okay, I'm going to do this to South Africa now. South Africa can help out and so on. The dominoes keep going down. And as long they as they have a sustainable
1: up. model that is adaptable for every country because each country has its own problems yes. that it's facing. I think that'd be perfect.
0: All Africa really needs right now, first off, is security in the Horn in Central Africa because no, no. obviously, you know, pirates and then the problem in the Democratic People's Republic of the Congo. They also just need development because they have the resources to, if they can harness their resources, diamonds, cobalt and oil, they can be richer than China and the United
1: States. They can be. Combined. China, yeah,
0: Combined. Like, they can absolutely destroy If the
1: African Union in general just plays its role, Yep, and it's just... It plays a direct role politically and economically. Yep. They, the, the African and security. Union... Security. And security. The security. African security. Union just needs to be more direct. They yes. need to be like, oh, you shit. It'd be like the EU. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, that'd be perfect. If the AU would be like the EU. Yeah.
0: yeah fair that'd be right. fantastic. And, I mean, Osteon is a great example of what countries were completely
1: poor oh my god completely
0: yeah. poor turned around into i mean indonesia and the philippines albeit lots of corruption and crime but our developed nations they're coming
1: up they are they basically developed develop? nations no, no, no i say they're emerging We developed yeah, yeah.
0: The, I mean, indonesia especially is it's pretty developed yep. like it's it's fairly wealthy. So many people invest in those markets, and the Philippines is right there. I mean, if you look at pictures of their cities, they're gorgeous. And really, the only big problem in those cities, like in South Korea and Japan, in urban cities, if not petty and violent crimes; it's organized crime. You know, and that's that's a whole different issue. But I would rather have. A country of organized crime than than a country of violent and petty crimes because people aren't afraid to you know, you're not gonna see you're not gonna see homeless on the streets. You're not gonna be afraid that your store's gonna be robbed because they're getting their avenues, they're getting their money through other avenues that aren't probably necessarily within the state. They're probably more outside the state right. and they're selling because organized crime is runs like a business. So you know, I think that's that's a much better problem to deal with.
1: Um I mean, Indonesia has I mean, moments, it's a but problem, but I mean, it's better than having to deal with essentially terrorism. So Yes, terrorism, which is actually a problem in Indonesia,
0: but that's not as bad as it used to be. It's <laughs> yes. not as bad as it used to be. Yep. So, so, but like, they're a model, and I think the African Union can look at that
1: and say, hey, do it. they can do it. I mean,
0: they, they can. can. Yeah. Resources. They can do
1: it. It's just like everyone's just out for themselves in Africa. They all want their own bit of power, it, and, and that's yeah. not going to hold them back.
0: That's a cultural thing too unfortunately because there's such cultural divide like yeah. in Africa there's I think there's uh like like 30,000 different languages spoken like and that, like yeah. thousands of culture, different cultures and dialects it's like even within like you look you look at Rwanda you can't even like be in your own country until recently without being prejudiced against each other and same in the Democratic Republic of the Congo yep. it's Angola has that kind of issue. It's 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 still about a big like they're still living in an l- older time, so it'll hopefully change in the next twenty or so years. But yeah, I mean this is a good stepping stone. You know, the World Bank is doing the right thing, I think, by saving I the second biggest agree. African Union power from a pre-financial collapse to <laughs> yeah. des- destroy that country. I just I just hope that continent.
1: Egypt is responsible with this money because they're getting a once in a lifetime opportunity here to do something with that money. Uh, I mean, the World Bank has stepped in when they had to bail out Greece as well and the IMF, but
0: um because no one's ever gotten this much money not just to bail you out but to develop
1: to develop yeah i think this is almost like a prototype essentially program from the world bank maybe they're trying to see what they can do new now Mm -hmm. giving out direct loans to countries and saying hey use this money to fix yourself and develop so this could also if egypt does it right it could be a model for the world bank to why not just give money out to
0: directly south america too. exactly latin
1: america in general yeah. so more like a pilot program in my eyes but i just hope yeah. that you know what the what what else they could do here is they if egypt successfully uses this money and keeps up with every single promise in whatever agreement they made you know we don't obviously know the details of every single agreement what they do with that money yeah but they should just turn it into grants not a bad idea yeah, yeah. And like if you keep up on your promises you should be rewarded of course they can't just grant out seven billion and grant out some of it. Five hundred million. Do this. Yeah. You know, like, okay,
0: we see you've gotten desalinization and figured it out. How about we focus on the energy sector?
1: Five hundred million. Oh well, yep. subsidizes it. And that's how you incentivize. Even you, that's how you incentivize innovation in a country too. Mm-hmm. They're just like, okay, look, they're getting five hundred million just figuring this stuff out. Yeah. That gets your people going, and that's get your it basically forces your government to move from being state-owned to now encouraging privatization yep. because people are getting all this money so yeah i hopefully we see that too uh we're going i mean it's a five year thing progress so we'll see what they do with the 7 billion but i, I hope they become one of the most developed well they turn from develop are they think they emerging they're, they're yet they're emerging i'd say egypt i'd say yeah. egypt is pretty emerging they're developing yeah
0: they're yeah. developing
1: so i just hope we see like a little bit of a not even a little bit i want to see some progress actually until now to 2027 i mean The the biggest thing
0: for me over the the five year mark is that it's not, you know, it's, it's like a, like, please do this fast. It's not a, you know, we're going to do this by 2050 and then someone else comes in and they're like, I don't want it anymore. Yeah. You know, this is like a, let's get this done. Let's show that in five years we can do this. We can do more than what the SDGs. Yeah. (laughs) What the SDGs are doing for 2030. Yeah. And then we can, you know, keep proving that we can do this consistently. Yep. Um Egypt's obviously a corrupt nation if can if has if they get the ability and they do this over the five years, they can start saying, you know, it's not impossible. It's not impossible for developing for corrupt nations to turn around. And Egypt is not incredibly incredibly corrupt. Right. They're corrupt. But they're not like um the Philippines, you know. They're not like the Philippines or Brazil. Right. You know. So they can definitely, definitely turn it around.
1: That's all I got for the uh that so, one. You yeah. want to go on to France
0: now? Yeah, let's go to the developing. See what's, what's going on. All oh. these other countries are doing great things in the developing world, but the developed world is on, a, yeah, on another one the, right now.
1: Yep. First world problems, right here. We're going to talk about. Right oh now.
0: yeah. So, yep. France pension reform. I think even if you don't watch the news, you've seen this. You've heard about it. We've talked it, about it. Say. Um, just to go over the pension reform as a whole. The French government, Macron specifically, realized that, hey, we have an aging population like the rest of the world has. We don't have very high immigration as of the moment, which I think to hopefully they will change. We need to raise the pensions from 62 to 64 so people can work a little longer so we can have a little bit of a longer workforce. And as you know, in France, if you know history, they hate the government, exactly. but they love it at the same time. Because it helps them, and in France, is still a beautiful. Uh, just to country. add on
1: that, it's also because of their very terrible state pension system. I think it's also running out of money as well. Yeah, which so is they, another yeah, additional why reason. The United States why... is doing the same thing too yeah. with
0: the social security. But this... its a whole mess <laughs> yeah. in, in uh, France right now. Macron, yep. who's been on the hot seat, decided to make it even hotter, and he decided to invoke. I think it was Article. What was it? I had it here. Article five or Article fifteen? I forget which one. Of the French Constitution, which basically allows him to override anything the National yeah. Assembly does and
1: Still push this
0: through. And so he did that, but they got put on hold because the, Na- the National Assembly said, hold on. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> you can't do that. We're going to have a vote of no confidence. And oh my goodness, they lost by 9 9- votes
1: to be which is crazy to be more specific it was 278 mps from both left and right parties yep and they needed 287 votes to topple the government essentially that was unbelievably imagine had that been successful yeah what the setbacks would have been for the French government?
0: Well, we would not be going on our trip this summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, would, that would not you know. be happening. Another revolution or something of a revolutionary type. French,
1: what French revolution number are we on now? Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> like like thirty. I don't know. I can't count anymore. But sorry for any French people who are watching. But anyways, it's it's very really
1: interesting <laughs>
0: because uh, just to talk about protests. I mean, two and a half million people in March went on strike. Another million went on strike in February. I mean, you're talking about like the people. This economy shutting down. The base, all the energy workers are saying, "I want to no, work." Not on
1: doing work. this work, so we we'll just keep walking on every day. You know, what? not fix this problem and raise the pension. Yeah, like for me, this just does not have any correlation from encouraging people to go back to work to fixing your pension system. I, I don't. I don't see. I. I've done so, so much research on this. I just don't see the benefits of just raising it from 62 to 64. How do you get people back to work? Yo, here's the biggest thing for
0: me is you to know how many people, especially within France. In the United States is a different story because we're a little bit more developed. But in France, people work even when they hit their pension. I mean... There's a reason why the like the average age of working people what was it on the slideshow that we saw? It was like the average age of the working population is from like thirty six or thirty-two to like forty in France. There's a reason so. yeah. it's because they want to work. They don't, they can't afford to not work. A pension's not going to be enough. So the the first thing is is he Macron stupidly Invoked a constitutional thing they shouldn't have. While the whole country's on fire for the <laughs> Yeah. Let's stop the National Assembly putting him on the hot seat. And she was already on one in the first place. And he's creating more tensions within his own country, which is creating and sparking things in the EU. What's going on in Germany right now? They are sh- striking for airports every day. Every single day, they're striking. Uh, also on trains. The UK, same thing. National Health Services striking. That's not the EU, but still, it's the Europe in general striking. Italy, rail strikes are happening every day. Portugal, rail strikes are happening every single day. This was not. A, this was a normal France thing. This was not a normal, normal Europe Paris thing. thing. <laughs> this was not a Europe normative. Like yeah. maybe, maybe Germany, because Germany, what you know, they just. They do their own thing there. Yeah. But they're like in Italy also does their own thing. But the, like Portugal, have you ever heard Portugal in the news? Let's get real here. let from Cristiano Ronaldo scoring a goal for Portugal. You know, you never hear them in the news, but now all of a sudden everyone's going out on strike in Portugal. Spain, never hear them. They're going out on, on strike. Uh Luxembourg. <laughs> they're just got in terms of per capita GDP. And people are going on strike. What's
1: happening right now. Um, Fran- France is causing too many. Problems. You're, you're unbelievably passionate about this one, and I love it. Um, I just I just banged on everything. You, you kind of love these speeches here. What I was gonna say is now we should just move on to like how we figure out how do we get people back into work. That, that that's where I wanted to go next. Tough question. Um, I, I want to start off by saying that you could just you could start small. I don't know if it's favorable, but raising the wage like it's 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 just a good start, it's a good buffer to get to where you need to be after which is lowering taxes uh lowering taxes for working people. you can have incentives for people to go back into work. I think what was the biggest concern is that people aren't spending too much time with their families was yeah, that was one of the big things yeah, yeah. so be want issue to solve, but um for me, you remember
0: what our um professor Tru was talking about one of our professors she's a French lady and she says that the French, they love security. And the reason why they're, I, I would say the reason why they're, they're not, not like security isn't like job security. Um, I bet on that one. But they love job security. And part of the reason, probably why their pension reform is so screwed up in the millions, they probably have so many government workers, so many local, state, and federal workers, which they don't have states, they have provinces, but that's a different story. Um, they have so many federal workers, their pension's obviously going to have a problem. Right. right. So it's, it's obviously going to be strange. You need to, first off, increase business and privatize business so that more people are on a say, business on side. A business so they're retirement investing plans. in whatever retirement plans they have there, you know, America's the 401k, say. whatever. Um, and that's another thing they can just teach government workers in general. I mean, like my, my father, is, he's a government worker, but he doesn't just rely on his pension. He has a 401k too. You got to teach them, you can do both. I put the money aside to do this and do that, but... Not the, that's not that's not a thing big thing in Europe and, and Europe is a very you know it honest, rely on the society
1: after you, know? you reach that age you kind of just rely on the government not really understand what it's like to have a private like like money they're, pension they're, plan
0: they're so afraid of stocks and, and and investments in Europe for odd reasons which is funny because the stock market was actually invented in in Holland the Netherlands hmm. in fifteen like thirty something
1: yeah so uh, education and on this matter is highly important yeah have people to move away from and if you create these private what is what's the term i'm looking for it's a agreement between the like public private partnership no it was a different one it's i forgot the term of it but if you have these agreements between the employer and the employee oh you, like
0: retirement accounts
1: yeah but it was a specific phrase i was looking for anyways yeah no big deal you don't even need to raise the age from 62 to 64 either like I think there should be tax advantages on having a, re- a private t- retirement account as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think here, like, if you take it out too early, you get penalized for it. You penalized, yeah. Or, I, I don't understand. That's your money anyways. I don't think that should be a thing, regardless of where you are yeah. around the world. There are too. special
0: circumstances in the United States, but you're right. I do agree. It's stupid. Um, it is your money. Yeah. But look, it's not. Something because right now Macron has
1: nothing. Yeah, I I don't think he's going to win re-election, and it's going to. He has nothing. He, he he doesn't even know where to go from here. He's just like, well, I'm still I'm still going to change it to sixty-four. Like I don't I don't care what anyone says. Like I don't I don't know what what he's going to do here. Um, he's yeah, giving Mariloupel Pell
0: head right yeah, now. <laughs> he so much ammunition mm-hmm. for the right-wing governments, mm-hmm. and you know I don't. Me personally, in France, I don't care if it's going to be right wing or left wing. It's going to be chaotic anyway as a government because yep. that's just how they run things. They like to, you know, just push, 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 do, do, do things. That's their that's the way they run life. But he Macron has been so good on the international stage with France, and then to have do direct shift someone who's. I am inwards. I am not going to leave. This is France. We're going to focus on France first. Right. That is going to turn the EU on its head because they're the second largest economy in the EU, and it's also going to turn the world stage on its head because a lot of other countries are going to be like, "Oh, well, the UK did it. France is doing it. Italy's doing it. The US did it with Donald Trump. Let's all do it. it. Let's all do it." And and like the Donald Trump was completely inward-looking person. He was He was just... The way he looked outward was a lot different from the most, most politicians. Pres- president. and most presidents. But in Europe, I mean, when they look inwards, I mean, look at the look at UK. They just... struggling because they don't look outwards. They just... They've been out of the UK for what? Or the EU for five, four years now? They just struck their first economic deal in four to five years. It's Like three weeks ago. Like, they're... It's tough. It's so tough when you look inwards as a as a European country because you know once once one party's in charge, it's like so hard to swing back because you get you just need a simple majority. You need one third in right. the parliaments.
1: Yeah, crazy, stuff. Crazy. It's so crazy. Yep, I can't wait to see these protests when we go there. <laughs>
0: it's gonna be interesting because yeah. um, one of the things we're gonna have to
1: assuming that <laughs> it's not solved. By yeah, Trump.
0: true, but. If it's not one of the biggest things we're gonna have to do is you know walk taxis you know because the trains I mean the trains just don't go anymore there I don't think like from all my things that I do in my internship and incident monitoring I just see France 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 France, 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 everywhere France (laughs) and the fact that they they can't run their trains because they don't have enough energy and then the ones that are running are on strike yeah so. Yeah, a lot of people are relying on their walking walking abilities now,
1: and taxis. Taxis are probably having a ball. Oh, they're they're having a great time right now. Yeah. One more thing before I end this off, I do want to say to the people that these people are not protesting because of the retirement age change. They're protesting because of a failed government unable to address a poor pension system, mm-hmm. unlivable wages, and the economy in general. The economy in general. They're not because I've seen I've heard a lot of people saying, "Oh, the French people are overreacting. They got to work another 2 years." This is way more than just that. Their protest, they've been protesting and now it's just it's getting worse because the French government is doing nothing about it. I just want to put that out there before people think like the French people are just overreacting and that they could work another 2 years. Yeah, I'm not saying they couldn't. I'm not saying yes. It's just not the salt. So- it's not It's the- just not the solution to the a bigger problem. problem. Yeah, yeah. They got an economic problem. We'll raise the working age another two years. That is. What
0: happens in the next two years then? You know what happens? <laughs> what do so you gonna you know uh, they... Oh, oh no! Yeah, we'll figure that out later. I think that's a lot of the people's biggest problem is like, okay, they're raising it two years, but what's your plan? What's your plan? What are you gonna do afterwards? Because you're to they...
1: save in those two years. What do the people get in those two years? An extra what thousand euros?
0: Not many. Not not
1: not many. And, not not much money.
0: And what does the what can the government do in two years to fix this incredibly lopsided economy?
1: They they already had one to two years to try to fix it.
0: They, yeah, they got nothing. <laughs> they, there's nothing
1: else to do. There's no action plan. There is no implementation process. There is nothing. Yeah, Macron is not very. He's in the hot seat, and he's not
0: been very good at you know pleasing the people. He's, he's dealt with a lot of blows, including that yellow vest thing and the COVID. But this one, I mean, if as I say, if if something else goes through that's inc- even remotely controversial, like a little bit, yeah. his vote of no confidence could go through next
1: time. I was just about to say, what if there's another no confidence vote? It's going to be in shambles. Oh my.
0: They're going to be in shambles because Macron's going to have to either elect someone himself or have the uh, national assembly like someone uh, or have general elections yeah <laughs> so and obviously you're the people are gonna want general elections they're not gonna want him to choose or the national assembly yes yeah. they want they're gonna want general elections so crazy this is
1: very very important to keep an eye on for the next uh next month or so but um that's all i have for this uh Ladies global developments episode definitely you have Yeah.
0: oh uh, that was an interesting one because there's all this it, it was like uh okay here's a problem bad here's a good one okay now we're back to the head. let's that's always interesting but thank you guys for listening um again please do your own research you know if you have anything to tell us just like reach out, out to us we like, have any new
1: developments we'll all us. our social medias we're on everywhere instagram tiktok twitter yeah we'll see gladly send, send us a message if you guys want to hear a specific topic i'm getting a patreon account started so you may submit any topics that you do want to hear about as well um, but we will, we will reply to our viewers if you do have questions. Oh yeah. We are a, like a, we, we try to play a direct role when it comes to news. We don't want you to feel like in, like you're just watching BBC. We want direct I don't know why I say this. Like direct access. Interaction. To, interaction. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for with our people. Yeah. So, I'll also
0: post anything on our stories that you send us that's interesting. There's that You important. know, that's something that, like, I'm always trying to actively see. I need to get better at it. But I mean, I'm trying to, <laughs> to actively, like, post things from, like, you know, the New York Times reporters on our stories. So it's like we can see what's going on in the world and we can see what's going on as well and give you guys better updates on what's going on because you know, a lot of people could get lost in the noise on important subjects. Better being glossed and over because, you know, some celebrity just got a dog, you know, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. Cool. Anyways, thank you all for listening and have a good one.